0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالشيطان الوديم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا تركنوا الى الذين غلوا most respected ulama al-kiram, brothers and elders, brothers and sisters. Just before we start, inshallah, one of our satis has got some guests from Madina Sharif to share. so he said he's bringing them along. So obviously, when they come along, not possible for us to continue. we we'll ask them to carry on. So when they come, inshallah, we might just adjust the program today to accommodate them while they are on, inshallah. This <coughs> mm-hmm. ayat of the Quran that was recited... Ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited. In order to understand this, one very common statement in Urdu which the Mashayf presently express is that ke jee ke mat khao. Previously the mujahada that used to be taught, mashayf used to teach the various mujahadas and exercises against the nafs. So one mujahada was kalam, speaking less. One was manam, sleeping less. And then one was ta'am, eating less. So over time, these things were adjusted because of the situation, because of our physical capacity. That in terms of manam and sleep, they said, don't make taqlile manam. You sleep. What is your necessity? And the general normal necessity is between six and eight hours, so don't exceed beyond that. Generally, six hours, six and a half hours, seven hours, that's a general norm, somebody at the most up to eight hours a day. And then in terms of taqlil at ta'am, that is where the statement is made. That pet ke khao ji mat khao. Previously, the mujahada that people used to make, sometimes for a whole 40-day period, they would eat one badam and drink one sip of water. At the time of iftar and seri, maybe something like that. So this was exercise. They had that physical capacity. After that period of time, then they would eat within moderation. But all these things, the Shaykh of latter times said, don't even try it, because this majada might take you quickly to Jannat. But whether you, whether it will be acceptable or not, in your case is a different issue. The point is that they said eat to the full in terms of your stomach but don't try to eat to the full in terms of your desire. The reason being that the stomach has a limit. A person will eat, obviously the stomach got full after a certain time, then maybe he might overeat which is wrong but after overeating up to a point he can't even overeat. Then. He would come to a point where if somebody, no matter how much they force him and no matter what type of favorite foods is placed in front of him, he say, I can't finish. That's the end of it. So the stomach has a limit. But the person's desire, there's no limit. Now This is the point actually that we meant to take from this common statement of the Mashayikh, that the desire has no limit. The whole world presently, Allah MashaAllah, is in that same cycle of chasing after desires. Especially at this time of the year, this is what is the very, very clear picture anywhere and everywhere. MashaAllah. That the whole attempt is to try and fulfill one's desires of whatever, whatever sort. And that is something that will never happen in the world. It is impossible a person is chasing an impossibility when a person is chasing an impossibility he will forever be unfulfilled because he is chasing something and he can't acquire what he's chasing and therefore he will forever remain unfulfilled, he will remain in a condition of anxiety a certain degree of misery and when a person starts pursuing that which is everlasting then he will always be fulfilled because that has talukur what is everlasting this is all perishable so when he's chasing the perishable things then he'll have a perishable feeling from within him something perishable it starts withering it starts waning it starts decaying so this will always be the feeling from within something or other, there will be a momentary some high of some sort and then there will be this decline. And in order to now bring it back to the high of some sort, whichever, whether it's in the form of wealth, whether it's in the form of chasing desires, chasing fun, whatever it is. So now something new must come. Something more intense must come. Something that is more exciting must come. And the cycle carries on. And then again he's back in the lows. But when he will pursue something which is everlasting, Allah Ta'ala is everlasting. And the word of Allah Ta'ala is everlasting. The name of Allah Ta'ala is everlasting. So he will bring the name of Allah Ta'ala within his life. And that means the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The word of Allah Ta'ala, the name of Allah Ta'ala on his tongue, to develop the consciousness in his heart, but the amal that will link him to Allah Ta'ala. When this is the case, now he will be at peace, because he's got what is never perishable, what will never wane. So he will also be having that hayat. Therefore Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an Sharif, من من Whosoever does righteous actions, together with iman, whether male or female, two conditions, iman and a'mal saliha. So Allah Ta'ala says, we will give them فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ hayatan طَيِّبًا An excellent life. Everybody is chasing life. They want a life. And to have a good life. Everybody wants this. They want to have a good life. Allah Ta'ala has promised that, that that can only happen if a person has what is ever living. If a person is linked to what is ever living, he'll have a life. If he's linked to what is going to decay, what is going to perish, if his heart is stuck in all that, then he can have no life. It's going to be forever a decaying life. Forever a life which is going to be withering, wasting. So the way to acquire that life and that good life is to link himself with the ever-living. And unfortunately, in the times that we are passing, everything is in the opposite direction. Allah, mashaAllah. So when a person gets caught in that system, now... He was forever in that perpetual state of depression, anxiety. And now whatever others seem to be doing, which seems exciting, he will have to try. Because it seems exciting. There is an outside glitter and glamour. What's behind it is a different story. So, therefore, we need to understand what the realities are and we need to change our mindset in this regard, change our heart. This is the main issue. Many a times, we change our actions, alhamdulillah, that too is a very big thing. A person has been engaged in certain actions which are incorrect, some haram actions. Alhamdulillah, he changed that haram actions. He now gave up the haram actions, he started doing what is correct. A person wasn't doing some of the things that were compulsory, he now started doing that. He wasn't performing some of the sunnats, he started performing the sunnats. He started becoming more charitable. He started becoming more compassionate and kind. Alhamdulillah, all this is a very great thing. But this is still that the a'mal have changed. More than that now, the next step is that the heart must change. The mindset must change. What is the mindset must change? Just to understand this, one is the mindset of the dunya. The mindset of the dunya is that I must first secure myself to the maximum and then if I can then assist somebody else, well well and good. Alhamdulillah. That is a general mindset. But Nabi came and changed the hearts around. What was that? That not just first I secure myself and then if I can to whatever extent help somebody, I will help them rather the mindset that was created and the heart that was changed was this that sacrifice myself to maintain the next that was the mindset, that was the heart Hazrat mm-hmm. Talhan, Sari, radiallahu ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam received some mihman, some guests so, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent somebody to first all his own houses and from each house of the Azwaj Mutahharat the answer came back ma indana illal Ma only thing we have in the house is water. Can you imagine six, seven houses at that time and the only answer is that there is nothing in the house to eat, there is only water available. So after when this answer came from all the houses, then Nabi the Islam asked, is there anybody who will take these guests along? So Butal Khan says I'll take them along. Now he takes them along brings them home his wife says that there is just enough food to feed the children. We also don't have enough we can't eat today. So what he says, put the children off to sleep, we'll feed the Mehman. And how they go about it, that he sits in a manner where the story is well known to us even extinguish the light, extinguish the candle. So that is darkness while they are eating. In some manner of trying to make it look like they're putting it on or fixing it, they extinguish it. And now, in that condition of darkness, he pretends to be eating because there wasn't enough for two people. So he pretends to be eating so that the guest may think he's eating and he'll carry on eating also. And in the process, the guest was filled or fed to his fill. And Abu Talhan, sorry, didn't take one morsel. And he and his family went to bed hungry. But they fed the guest of Rasulullah. And on this, the ayat of the Quran Sharif came thiruna ala anfusihim That they'll give preference to others even though they are starving themselves. Now this is a different thing. This is not that the amal change, this was a whole change of heart. And the whole different mindset altogether, the mindset was that if we have to sacrifice ourselves, we have to. Deny ourselves everything for the sake of the next person to well and good. The very famous incident in the battlefield one Sahabi takes some water to go and see, maybe his cousin needs some water. He finds him lying among the wounded. So, as he is about to present the water to him, he says, Next door. The person next door is also making some indication for what to give him first. Uh, his life. It's a matter of life and death. He says, no, give him first. He goes to that person, he says, no, the next person. Give him first. When he goes to the third person, before he reaches him, that person has passed away. So he takes a U-turn and comes to the middle person. By the time he reaches him, that person has passed away. Then he comes on to his own cousin, that person has passed away. They gave to others, though they sacrificed their own lives. This was the mindset Allah's Nabi sallallahu this was a change of mind. We change our a'mal, alhamdulillah. A person wasn't performing salah, he started performing salah. A person was taking interest, he gave up taking interest. A person was gambling, he gave up gambling. A person wasn't paying his zakat, he started discharging his zakat. Alhamdulillah, summa, alhamdulillah. It's an excellent thing. The Farai's have come alive. A person has stopped doing haram. What a wonderful thing. But there is something more as well. And that more is that this mindset has to be changed this mindset of the next person is not just generally the mindset of the dunya is that first me and mine and the rest of the world are my khadims. Then whatever can be extracted from them, that is my right. If it comes from them, from them willingly, well and good. If not, if I can extract it in some way, that's my right. So how I do it, whatever I do it, it's all up to me. Whereas Allah created a totally different mindset. That what I have, how I can sacrifice that for my brother. And these are just two incidents that we discussed. The books of Hadith are filled with the incidents of the Sahaba al Kiram, Allah's Nabi, of sacrificing themselves for others. So this is something that we have to develop. And we're talking about, we branched off from this point. That presently, now this is a total annihilation of desires. Person totally tramples his desire because he forget securing himself first. He is passing on to the other person first, so his own desires have been totally trampled. So the issue was, we were discussing the issue of chasing after desires. This is impossible in this world. A person can never fulfil his desires in the world, and this is the biggest ailment of society this is the biggest ailment of society now in this time of the year many a person who is conscious of his namaz conscious of deen conscious of parada for example but come this time of the year then now those desires come to a point where a person now first whatever the so called fun activities are namaz you make kaza It's all mixed up here and all the uh, the beaches and whatever else, it's all intermingled, hotels. But now it's holiday time after all. I mean, we're living in this world. We're not living in the mountains. We're not living in the camel ages. So we've got to be part of society. You can't become an extremist. All these kind of things we'll have as our ready-made answers to say now it's all fine, everything we can carry on. Now what has happened is, alhamdulillah, amal changed we've got to make a lot of shukar on. But the mindset didn't change. The heart hasn't changed. The heart is still chasing after desires. The heart is still chasing after the dunya. So, therefore, when that clash comes, that on the one side is a demand of deen, and on the other side is the desire. So if there's no desire really clashing, it's something that we can manage it, then the a'mal will carry on. So alhamdulillah the a'mal are carrying on but when suddenly the whole environment has turned in a certain direction now a person also gets swept up in that environment so now everybody is going somewhere I got to go, how can I stay away so the desire now comes and crashes, and now any and every excuse to be part of what everybody is doing so this is the need of the time to change the mindset Ambyali, wasalam, more than changing the nizam they changed the misage. more than changing the whatever the norm of the time was they changed the mindset when the mindset changed the norm everything went totally upside turned around completely they changed the mindset everything turned around but if a person changes something just on the surface changes the action but the heart hasn't changed it will be a very very temporary thing and suddenly some other flood comes some other winds blow everything is gone so this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that we read, Allah wa ta'ala says, "Wala This ayat is very pertinent for especially this time of the year and other situations of this nature where many a person with iman but becomes caught up in the ways of the kuffar. Allah ta'ala has given us our own celebrations. Our celebrations are very very different. What are the celebrations of a mu'min? Come the time of Eid. It's a celebration for a mu'min. Allah Ta'ala allows, not allows, but instructs a mu'min to celebrate. The day of Eid comes haram to fast. Celebrate to eat and drink what is halal. So it's haram to fast. So a mu'min is he normally in a moment of happiness he expresses his happiness in food. He's been compelled to eat. It's a day of celebration, you must eat. You're not allowed to fast. A mu'min, or oh well, any person for that matter, expresses his happiness in clothing. It's a happy occasion, he expresses it in his clothing. Nabi Islam said, we're the best you have. Not necessarily new, but we're the best you have on Eid. Let's see celebration. But how does a mu'min celebration start? The night before Eid is the, actually when the Eid has started. That night is The person who will keep the night of Eid alive, his heart won't die. The day hearts die, meaning on the day of Qiyamat. So what is being told to him? Your celebration has come, your ibadat will increase. The day of Eid came, normally he performs five Salah. The day of Eid came, he makes six Salah. And he is in such a joyous mood that now that his heart goes automatically to ibadat, that sixth salah, he's not even called for it, no azan also. That he's celebrating, he'll come without being called. You don't need to call him also. That's his celebration. And he's reciting the takbir and getting closer to Allah. Ta'ala. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. He's coming for Eid salah with the takbir on his tongue and getting closer to Allah ta'ala, every step. So a Mu'min celebration takes him closer to Allah all the time. And the celebration of those without the Iman, then forget anything that will take a person closer to his creator. Rather they go even lower than insaniyat also. How you can try and cause the cleave and difficulty to the next person is part of the celebration. So now you know of strange strange things people will be because it's they are celebrating, it's New Year's now so they will be throwing things from high rise buildings, falling on somebody's car and somebody's head and whatever else because they are celebrating so anything and everything goes now this goes even lower than the level of animals sometimes so this is a celebration which got nothing to do with Muslims this is a kind of life which Muslims are far away from now many a times many things happen sometimes in our own communities whatever but we need to maintain that line we need to maintain that mindset in one hadith Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says Man hadara ma'siyatan fakariha anha sometimes something happened a person happened to be there by chance something happened which was wrong whatever he witnessed something wrong Something against the command of Allah Ta'ala. But he was there by chance. He was walking on the road, going somewhere and some haram took place. He witnessed it. He happened to be there by chance. But when he saw this happening, it created a dislike in his heart. He was hurt. He was pained. that The command of Allah Ta'ala is being blatantly broken like this. So when he felt that pain, that hurt within him, he disliked it. It may not have been in his control to do anything about it. He was not in a capacity to do anything about it, but he felt this pain in his heart. So, ka anha, He would be counted as if he was not there. He would be considered as if he was not anywhere near that. Because of that feeling in his heart. Now that's a mindset. That's a heart. And on the other hand, Waman anha faradiyaha. That the person who was not there, something happened somewhere, he was not there, he was elsewhere, he heard about it later on, this happened. And he expressed happiness about it, He's feeling good about it, that what a nice thing it happened. Whereas it was wrong, then because of that feeling that it was something nice, kana shahidaha, he will also be counted as somebody who was present in that wrong, he will also be taken to task. So, when this is merely being absent, being away from some wrong, from some sin, and then just having expressed or felt happy about it, one gets counted as being present. Then being present physically, how much more worse that will be? But just merely having felt that it was a nice thing, that itself is so dangerous, that being present in something or some place or some activity which is breaking the commands of Allah Ta'ala, how much more dangerous this would be. This is especially in this time of the year, it's a time to be increasing our istighfar tremendously. Because in this time of the year, unfortunately, the fitna intensifies. And the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala intensifies. And when this happens, then the fear is of the azab of Allah Ta'ala coming quicker. When there's an intensity of fitna, then there's a fear that the... Azab of Allah Ta'ala could come quicker. So This is a time to be increasing our istighaar, increasing our tawbah, turning more to Allah Ta'ala, out of fear. When Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would sometimes see a dark cloud, that too would make him restless. So as Aisha once asked him, that when you see a dark cloud, you are suddenly walking in and walking out and you are totally disturbed. Nabi Sallallahu said, What do I know that if this is the sa- same kind of cloud that came upon the previous nations, they thought that rain is coming, meanwhile it was the Azab of Allah. One small dark cloud reminded Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi that could this not be the Azab of Allah. T'ala. And we see all the means of Azab that are per- being perpetrated right around our oh, mind doesn't go in that direction at all. So, this is the issue that we need to become more conscious and keep on to that path, keep on to that way where that mindset that we are supposed to have created, that mindset that first and foremost is the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. First and foremost, what will make Allah Ta'ala happy? First and foremost, the deen of Allah Ta'ala. And then the servants of Allah Ta'ala. And at the end of the list is ourselves. Then we'll inshallah find that this will bring sukoon in our own lives and sukoon for others as well. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. صراونه تفضل يا شيخ these are guests from Madina Sharif so we are fortunate we have people from the Mubarak land of Rasulullah Sallallahu Allah give us coffee to appreciate that since. Sheikh uh, will decide from Quran Sharif with the and then uh, we'll also hear some small advice and then we'll finish up
1: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا كَثِيرًا وَسَبِّحُوهُ بكرته وَأَصِيلًا هُوَ الَّذِي يُصَلِّي عَلَيْكُمْ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ لِيُخْرِجَكُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا وتوكل على الله وكفى بالله وكيلا صدق الله العظيم
0: Hayır. Hayır.
2: دي ازول وكازو باكستان عربي الحمد لله الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات والسلام الاتمان الاكملان على ختم الله به الرسالات نبينا وحبيبنا وسيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ما دامت الأرض والسماوات أما بعد فهنيئا لكم بهذا المجلس المبارك الذي يذكر فيه ربنا سبحانه وتعالى فهنيئا لنا وقد تنزلت علينا السكينة وغشيتنا الرحمة فالحمد لله على هذه النعمه العظيمة لقد بين رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن الذاكر لله تبارك وتعالى هو كالحي وأن الغافل عن ذكره كالميت فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مثل الذي يذكر ربه والذي لا يذكر ربه مثل الحي والميت أخرجه البخاري وهنيئا لنا بمعية الله تبارك وتعالى لا فقد قال سبحانه وتعالى في الحديث القدسي الذي أخرجه البخاري ومسلم أنا عند ظن عبدي بي وأنا معه حين يذكرني فالذي يذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى يسعد بمعية الله سبحانه وتعالى له وبيّن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فضل مجالس الذكر بقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مرّتم برياض الجنة فرتعوا إذا مرّتم برياض الجنة فرتعوا قالوا يا رسول الله وما رياض الجنة قال حلق الذكر أخرجه الترمذي وبيّن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في حديث آخر أن الدنيا لا خير فيها وَأَنَّ الْخَيْرَ فِي ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَىٰ وَفِي التَّعَلُّمِ وَالتَّعْلِيمِ فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا مَلْعُونَة مَلْعُونٌ مَا فِيهَا إِلَّا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ وَمَا وَالَاهِ وَعَالِمٌ أَوْ مُتَعَلِّمٌ أخرة التلمذين وقال عبد الله بن بُسر رضي الله عنه للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يا رسول الله إن شرائع الإسلام قد كثرت علي فأخبرني بشيء أتشبث به قال لا يزال لسانك رطب من ذكر الله أخرج ابتلم أي أن يكثر المسلم من ذكر الله تبارك وتعالى دائما في كل حال كما سمعتم من أخينا القارئ الشيخ أحمد سيد سمعتم قوله سبحانه يا أيها الذين آمنوا اذكروا الله ذكرا كثيرا وبين الله سبحانه وتعالى عن اقوام فقال الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ثم ان ذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى باق لا ينقضي فاذا قضيت الصلاة فانتشروا في الارض وابتغوا من فضل الله واذكروا الله كثيرا لعلهم تفلحون نعم فاذا قضيت مناسككم في الحج فاذكروا الله كذكركم اباءكم او اشد ذكره نعم وهكذا يسعى المسلم للاكثار من ذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى ومع كثرة ذكره سبحانه وتعالى يكثر أيضا من الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وذلك واضح في حديث أبي بن كعب رضي الله عنه في سنن الترمذي عندما قال أبي بن كعب رضي الله عنه يا رسول الله أجعل لك صلاتي كلها يعني يريد أن يجعل كل وقته في الدعاء صلاة وسلاما على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فبشره النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ببشارتين عظيمتين فقال له إذن تكفى همك ويغفر لك ذنبك إذن تكفى همك فالله عز وجل يكفيك ما أهمك من أمر دنياك وآخرتك ويغفر لك ذنبك يحصل المسلم على سعادة الدارين بالإكثار من الصلاة والسلام على من أرسله الله تعالى رحمة للعالمين فنسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يجعل أنسنتنا مشتغلة بذكره سبحانه وتعالى وبالصلاة والسلام عليه صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا أريد أن أطيل عليكم أكثر من هذا وفضيلة الشيخ يعني يبين لكم إن شاء الله تعالى مضمون ما ذكرته وكنت أتمنى أن أتقن لغتكم حتى تحدث معكم أكثر بلغتكم ولكن أسأل الله سبحانه وتعالى أن لا يفرق جمعنا هذا إلا بذنب مغفور وعمل صالح مبرور وتجارة لن تبور وكما جمعنا سبحانه وتعالى في هذا المكان على ذكره وشكره وحسن عبادته أن يجمعنا مع النبي الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم في الفردوس الأعلى إنه على ذلك قدير وبالإجابة جدير وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا وحبيبنا وسيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين
0: Just briefly to give a summary of the advice that Shah gave. Uh, basically, the advice centered around the benefits of zikr of Allah wa Taala. Comments by saying in the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The example is given of a person who makes the zikr of Allah Taala and one who is neglectful. Hayy Wal mayyit The one who makes the zikr of Allah Taala is like a living person. The one who neglects the zikr of Allah Taala is like a person who is dead. Then the person who remembers Allah, he has the togetherness of Allah. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi says, says, Allah says, but I am with my servant in the way that he has the good thoughts about me. Wa zakarani. And when he remembers me, I am with him. So when a person is in the remembrance of Allah, Allah is with him. Then further one sahabi asked Nabi there are many many things in deen. And how many things can I do? Give me something very, very concise that I will be able to practice on it all the time. Rasulullah said, "La Yazalu lisanuka min zikrilla." Keep your tongue moist with the zikr of Allah Taala, with the remembrance of Allah Taala. Keep your tongue engaged in this all the time. And in the Quran Sharif, Allah Taala gives us this that this zikr is something that never finishes off. The salah of Jumu'ah is over. Allah Taala says, "Now go, spread out onto the earth, and seek the." rizq of allah taala the provisions of allah taala لكن, but together with that was qurullah kaseer alallahu taala now you may leave the masjid you may go Salah is over but while you are searching for your rizq remember allah taala excessively Kathiran. then hajj what a great amal allah taala says when you've completed your hajj fa idha manasikakum but now the zikr hasn't completed Kurullah qurullah ka dhikrikum abaqum zikr. now increase your zikr so everything comes to this aspect of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala and this is something that we need to be constantly engaged in. So these are the great aspects of and the benefits mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif and the Ahadith about zikr. Together with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is remembering Allah's Rasul Sallallahu as well. Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam remembering him by reciting excessive salat and salam upon him. In one hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu ta'ala he once he came to Rasulullah and he said that, I wish to now engage all my time in reciting Salat and Salam upon you. That everything, all my time, I just wish to now make it exclusive in this one Ibadat. Allah's Nabi gave two great glad tidings on this. He said, if this is the case, then one is that all your concerns will be taken care of. All your concerns of dunya and akhirat will be taken care of. And the second is that all your sins will be forgiven. So a person who has ex- dedicated himself entirely to reciting durood and salat upon Rasulullah then such a person gets these two great glad tidings, all his cares, his worries, his concerns of the dunya and akhirah are taken care of, and his sins are forgiven. So this is something that you should be constantly also keeping engaged in, the recitation of durood upon Rasulullah and in this way we will gain the great barakat and the rahmat of Allah wa ta'ala. so this was in short what the summary of the advices that she gave he said I wish I could have conversed in your language then I could have spoken more to you and we could have discussed with each other better but nevertheless this is some little advice